truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you that are listening today, uh, via podcast or on Blaze Radio, and you don't have that handy graphics package there next to you. The last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Uh, two notes here before we uh, get going with Aaron, Aaron's montage. Number one, our friends over at FreedomWorks, um, they need our help because uh, they're, they're trying to stop the Trump administration from making a big mistake. Uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services over there, Alex Azar, is actually uh, helping to import socialism to America by letting foreign countries dictate the prices of your medicine. Uh, doing this leads to shortages of vital medicines, could set medical research back decades, making it harder to find treatments, cures for horrible diseases like uh, diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, etc. Uh, and if if I don't know about you, you know, we, we don't like the government, our government meddling in our health care. What do you think of foreign governments? doing it. Uh, there's nothing America first about that whatsoever. So they're trying to stand up to Secretary Alex Azar and stop the Trump administration from making a big mistake here, but they need our help. Uh, if uh, if you would enlist your voice to the cause, here's what you need to do. Uh, freedomworks.org slash dace. Uh, freedomworks, all one word, freedomworks.org slash my last name dace and tell Secretary Azar to fix patients and not prices. Uh, because make no mistake about it, tying the prices of our medicine to other countries does not put America first. Freedomworks.org slash Dace. The other uh, announcement we wanted to make here before we got to Aaron's montage is today is a very momentous day. It comes once a year. Now this year, this year it came a little later than it typically does. Okay. But, uh, but it arrives perennially nonetheless. It is... Day one, when I bust out the whiteness, right? Blinded by the white. Is that what you guys are wearing sunglasses for? Yeah. Even when winter is over, winter is still coming. Nice. Yeah, you guys look pretty revved up like a douche <laughs> right now. I would agree. It's revved up. It's pronounced dace. Revved up like a dace. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I actually thought those were the words when I was a kid. Did you <laughs> think that's that what it sounds like? Yeah. Somebody actually had to correct me in high school. Like, dude. Kind of took the edge off, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, are you, he's like, are you doing a Massengill commercial or is that a rock song, brother? I'm like, what are you talking about? I guess it's a deuce, man. It's a car reference. I'm like, oh, my bad. But it still wasn't nearly as ridiculous as you guys look right now wearing those sunglasses in studio. By the way, uh, Todd, are you wearing shorts today? I am, yeah. but I'm not so afflicted. Yeah. Aaron, how about, yeah, yes, indeed. Gingers are known for their ability to immediately acquire tans. Yes, Aaron, how about you? Yeah, I'm wearing shorts too. Yeah. Can you put the camera back on yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Albino much? That's just the lighting in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to, that's going to be my excuse. I'm going with that. It's the lighting in here. Yes. See, you warned us. I did. I, and I didn't have to do that. All right. But I, you know, I, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go above and beyond the dude code here. And I did give you guys a heads up a couple days ago when I looked at the forecast. I said, hey, the, the day draws nigh. 
uh, when uh, it will be time to bust out uh, the whiteness. And today, it's going to be close to 80 degrees uh, here in central Iowa today, 90 tomorrow. Uh, I think it'll be our first 90-degree day of the year so far. So this is now the time. uh, Sun's out, white out. That's how we roll here in in, in, in the heartland. It's a true story. It is a true story for yeah. every, almost everybody. So without further ado, now that you know why the, the mood is so festive in here and we've got you know, the, the Corey Hart karaoke act wearing their sunglasses in, at night here, uh, let's get to Aaron's update on what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Alabama, where a bill was passed yesterday that makes abortion a felony, even an attempted abortion, punishable by 10 to 99 years in prison, with the only exception being the life of the mother. The bill is now in queue to be signed by Governor Kay Ivey and will take place in six months unless the inevitable court decides, you know, it's not law. State Senator Bobby Singleton, your thoughts. Don't care anything about babies for real. You just kicked them in the stomach and you aborted them yourself. You just aborted the state of Alabama with your rhetoric with this bill. You just aborted the state of Alabama yourself, and all of you should be put in jail for this abortion that you just laid on the state of Alabama. This is just a shame. This is a disgrace, and it's a travesty. In other pro-life news, Canadian movie distributors have effectively censored the movie Unplanned from screening there. Producers of the film claim movie distributors in that country have cited content concerns in their decisions not to screen the movie in theaters. During this time of absolute worthlessness from Congress, well, during this time of even more worthlessness from Congress, about the only thing we can reasonably expect to have accomplished is the Senate confirming Trump's judicial nominations. Unfortunately, though, we have Mitt Romney, who blocked a Trump judicial nominee because of a disparaging comment this judge made in the past about Barack Obama. Steve Bullock is a man, a man who happens to be the governor of Montana for the last seven years, a man who happens to be the governor of Montana and who also happens to be running for president. He was asked recently at a town hall what his best or biggest accomplishment was in his seven years as governor. Um, I am happy that hopefully my kids still know my most important job is being their dad. Beto O'Rourke is trying to reboot his campaign. As part of that, he went on The View yesterday to talk about how the Secretary of State of Georgia rigged the election against then-gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. The grace with which she met that defeat on an unfair, unlevel playing field with the Secretary of State uh, perhaps rigging in, in part uh, that election, her focus on democracy form, a new Voting Rights Act, uh, ensuring that every single vote counts in this country is inspiring stuff. Joe Biden on the environment. You never heard me say middle of a road. I've never been in the middle of a road on the environment. And I tell her to check, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the statement that I made and look at my record. She'll find that nobody has been more consistent about taking on the environment and a green revolution than I do you realize he's just sitting right there with a yogurt in his hand do you realize how many cows had to fart in order to make that yogurt a new harvard harris poll found that only two in 15 americans are aware of the ongoing crisis at our nation's southern border 
When Americans are asked how many illegal aliens are arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border, only about 13% answer correctly. Meanwhile, about 76% of Americans believe illegal immigration levels are vastly lower than they actually are. Megan Rapino, a captain for the U.S. women's soccer team, has said recently that she's no longer going to be standing for or participating in the national anthem before matches, calling herself a walking protest and an F.U. to Donald Trump. And finally, this. Down fast. Run fast. Let's go, boy. Don't fall. You gotta stay your feet. Come on. Phoenix, go straight through. Back up. Back up. And that's what happened while we were away. Love that video. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends at Riduzone. Who knows? It would be really weird to keep a, a stop sign at your dinner table to tell you when it's time to stop eating, which is why uh, your creator put one in your body. It's called OEA. The problem is, for some of us, that signal is a little weaker than it should be. And particularly as we get older, it just ain't as strong as it's supposed to be. And that's where Riduzone comes in. Its overwhelmingly main ingredient is this OEA. No caffeine. It's not a stimulant. Uh, they just want to put that OEA back in your body so that... Uh, uh, your gut can say to the brain, hey, we're full down here. We can stop eating. We're all good. Shut her down. If you want to get your metabolism back to where it used to be when you were younger, give Riduzone a try. This might be the missing link in finally winning the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, Riduzone.com is the website. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. For Riduzone.com, use my name when you go to the website. They'll give you a special offer right there on the website. For Riduzone.com. Um, let's get to Aaron's montage. The The results of the polling at the border, we're going to discuss that later today in overtime. I think that requires a longer conversation. Uh, and so if you're our, one of our subscribers here on Blaze TV, just stick around uh, shortly after the show and uh, we're going to be taping that and put it up there on the site as soon as we can. Um, because I think there's somebody to blame for this. And it's not CNN. All right. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk about this uh, a, a little bit later on. I don't know in my career, you know, uh, Matt Walsh tweeted out something about this earlier today, that it, it seems as if on the life issue, it seems as if the worm has turned. And you guys tell me what you think. Um, and, you know, to use hot war analogies of a culture war, Midway is often considered the turning point of World War II, at least the 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 Pacific theater that was in 1942. The Japanese did not surrender. I believe until August or September of 1945. So, you know, the turning point doesn't mean that it ended. That's just when you can look back and see when it does end. And you're like, when did the momentum here shift? Gettysburg is uh, often associated as the turning point in the civil war. Uh, the civil war went on for two more years uh, after that. All right. So turning point doesn't mean the same as winning, but it means there's a point in the game we're, we're old Mo, as George H.W. Bush used to say, old Mo changes sides. 
And you look back, whatever it's six months from now, 10 years from now, you look back at when the, when, you know, the surrender uh, papers are finally signed and you look back or the game goes final and you won and you look back and thought, yeah, that was the moment when things began to go our way. And, you know, Walsh tweeted out today uh, from over the Daily Wire that he can kind of sense things are changing. I, I just look at our montage the last few days. You know, I, I have been doing this full time. You know, I, I did sports full time for several years. Then I did sports and news together for several years. And, you know, where I've just been mostly dedicated to doing news, uh, culture, worldview. Uh, this, you know, it, it, it'll be 13 years in June. And I've been heavily mobilized and engaged on the life issue that entire time. I've, I've often used, you know, my platform as a means to engage and mobilize others on this issue. I cannot remember a time when organically, you know, where, where I didn't feel like, you know, we haven't talked about this issue and I want to bring it back to the forefront of this audience. And so I, I, you know, I, I, I would look for an impetus. I'd look for a catalyst to have this conversation so it didn't seem contrived, you know? I, I cannot think of a time over the last 13 years that I have done full-time work now in politics, either as, a, as an advocate, an activist, a commentator, uh, you know, um, a campaign strategist. I, I, I can't think of a time where so many days in such a short span of time, organically, the life issue produced news, like what we have seen here the last several days. And, and um, when things start happening organically, that's a sign of momentum. When, when things start working for or against you, that, that you didn't necessarily directly instigate, or you see that several people that don't necessarily communicate with each other on a regular basis, but have some of the same ideas, kind of organically start doing the same thing all at the same time, and, and it seems like the ball is rolling downhill. You know, I can think of times when I was really active in the Republican Party, and you know, other times as a college student in college Republicans, and you know, the uphill climb in 1992 with Bush Quayle. And then you'd wake up one day and, you know, there's the film on, on the news of Bush choking, nearly choking to death at a state dinner in Japan. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And it's just the colossal embarrassment of the video and the way that that was played up. And you that's where you just kind of look at yourself and you're like, we can't catch a break here. <laughs> I mean, there's just like everything's working against us. Um, th what, what happened in the 2006 midterms where you had Mark Foley, you know, uh, and and Larry Craig and and the and this rash of predatory behavior among uh, high profile Republicans in an election that was already uphill with the unpopularity of Iraq and uh, what looked like a looming economic slowdown and everything. Now you throw the, these are the sorts of things when they start going against you, like you use a football analogy you're already behind in the game. And you're like, you call the play from the sidelines as the coach and you're like, all right. I, and I, and you can look at the defensive formation. Right. And, you know, pre-snap, you're like, if we execute this play, it's going to work big time. We call the exact right play. And then like your right guard who has not had a false start all year long jumps offside. D Ford lining up offsides. That's, is that what you were thinking of yes. in the AFC championship game, Aaron, with your chiefs? See, that stuff happens when momentum is going against you. It's organically, things just start occurring. And I, I don't know. It kind of feels like that's happening right now on the life issue.
There's a lot of things that are that are going down right now. And the way and and you know what? And here's the other thing too. I really don't bring this up because um I'm affirmatively sensing it as much as I negatively am. What do I mean by that? If you're if you're wondering in a game or in any contest, you know, it feels like we have the momentum, but do we? You know who will tell you? Your opponent will. Your opponent will tell you. I mean, if Tom Brady doesn't convert those third downs against your Chiefs, does it matter if D4 jumps off sides? Do we remember that today? No. No. So your opponent told you that they had the momentum. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at the way the, the, the death cult is acting. Sex strikes. Um, uh, you know, it's it, it, I, we so disrespect this glob of tissue that we ought to give it voting rights. Uh, the the rant in Alabama lat two weeks ago. Brian Sims last week. Uh, the the banning of advertising for unplanned and the shutting down its Twitter account. The, doesn't that doesn't that by the way doesn't it feel like that movie opened like six months ago? Yeah, it was March 29th. It was you know it was it was barely six weeks ago. Just think of in the last couple of months, how many organic stories on this issue have emerged. And, and I think when you look at the other side of this debate's reaction, because when you, when you sense you're losing, you know, the hardest thing to do in any contest, and I, and I wouldn't put, you know, a life or death war situation. I'm not drawing a moral equivalency, but if you were, if you go to that, to that height of human, one on human competition where life and death are at stake to, you know, coaching at the bottom of the barrel, man, coaching youth football. Like I have a couple times in recent years, the hardest thing to do when you sense things are going against you is to maintain your composure and to maintain your poise. They have lost all their composure. On, that, on the other side of the debate. They have lost it all. I mean, that, that rant from that, from that state senator in Alabama, that, that's what it was. It was a rant. It wasn't even a speech. He didn't even offer an affirmative case for why we should continue killing these kids. Do you know why? There aren't any. There aren't any cases. Because the truth of this really is, they just want to be able to kill these children. They just want to be able to. That's it. It, nothing else. It's nothing else other than they just want to kill these kids. That's all. And when you start looking at all, it, it, it seems as if we're kind of coming, we're at the, I don't know if we're at the beginning stages of something, we're further along than we think, but there's some, we're coming to a head here on this in some way, shape or form. It might happen six weeks from now. It might happen 10 years from now. But we love our Lord of the Rings references around here. It, it feels like we have come now to the turning of the tide. You know, if it feels like we're about, we were just about to lose Helm's Deep here and, you know, Gandalf comes over the ridge with reinforcements, you know, and I'm, I don't know. And because I'm also sensing that they sense it with how, much of their composure they've lost, how brazen they've become, how hysterical they've become, and, and even more things like what happened to Unplanned in Canada. 
See, you, you do things like that when you know you can't win an argument. That's when you do things like that. When I can't set you up to be a straw man in any way, shape, or form. When I know if we have the argument at all, I'm going to lose. And I will tell you, if you look at the history of the church, and the church in America are not the same thing. However, a lot of the causes we here in America want to conserve have their origins in the church. If you look at the history of the church, it's all from... from <laughs> from it's from the savior hanging on a tree for 2000 years whenever caesar starts the open persecutions starts creating martyrs starts trying to overtly silence the witness caesar's reign is almost if you look at history it's almost always at an end that's almost always its last its last legs is when it just brazenly says because i said so and I don't need a reason. And if you go against me, uh, this won't end well. The history of the church has been, and the causes it's inspired, is when Nero, when Caesar becomes this brazen, that's the two-minute warning on Caesar. What do you guys think? I think what we're seeing here, and from our vantage point, we try not to live on Twitter, but we have to. And we always say this axiom on Twitter, Twitter is not America. Um, and that is true. However, the, for, the, the, the opinions of uh, mainstream media and the thought leaders and the, basically the zeitgeist, the zeitgeist is on Twitter right now. I think the biggest change that has happened, um, and this is where actually Twitter, uh, by being not America, you know, not being representative of, of America, but being representative of the zeitgeist, it's true that a small uh, amount of people have a great deal of influence on what is let in and out of the Overton window. What's also true, I think it, kind of the inverse of that, is that a small amount of people who actually believe what we do actually get to uh, talk to the people who set yes. the Overton window. Yep. And people are doing that very, very effectively. Here's the big here's the big change I think that we're witnessing right now. Ten years ago, it was, it's not a human. Now we see almost every argument from feminists from randos on Twitter, but from from people who are getting a lot of traction on Twitter, almost every argument has gone from it's not a human to, well, if it is a human, then what? Or if it is a human, then we should have voting rights. If it is a human, then um, uh, men should not be allowed to abandon. I saw that one yesterday as well. Mm -hmm. men, men shouldn't be allowed to abandon. And we're um, like, you're right. They yes, should, you're, totally you're, agree. You're starting to yeah. make all of our arguments yes. for us. Yes. That is the, that is how you know you've won an argument, is when your opponent starts to make the same case that you do. Except they, they're coming from a completely different premise, probably. But that's how you know uh, some, a, a tide is turning. Now, whether that actually means now... Tomorrow, some judge from, or maybe even today, some judge from the 666th district of Babylon is going to say, no, this isn't a law, even though it was, you know, made by people who were duly elected in the state of Alabama. You know, that's going to happen. Uh, some some random judge somewhere is going to say, no, nah, you can't do this. Um, so, again, we're just looking at the forecast. We're just looking at the weather forecast, the state of, uh, you know, the, the climate right now, not necessarily. We don't uh, even know the governor of Alabama is going to sign this, no, by the way. that's true. That's yeah. true. Um but we're just looking at the climate, and I would say yes. In, the climate in, is a good word. Um, yeah. I, I would say in mass right now, we are forcing the argument we've tried to force for it a long like time. It feels like the wind has changed directions. Don't yes. you feel like that? Yeah. And it, even even we're even doing things. I, I I spent ten years 
urging our urging our, our politicians write laws that provoke the Supreme Court to hear the question of when does life begin. We haven't done that since Casey. That was in 1992. That's before Aaron was born. And now the, the legislature in Alabama says we are specifically writing this bill in order to provoke the Supreme Court to, to respond to this question. When does life begin? What is, what is a human life? What do you think, Todd? I... I'm deeply hopeful that all of your instincts are correct and your historical analysis about what to look for and the need to be patient in terms of, you know, the the turning of the tide does not mean that there isn't several more years, uh, if not more, ahead. Uh, But listen, uh, just on this day, I I responded to a tweet from uh, Guy Benson, who his first sentence was, I'm pro-life. And then it was, but, 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 but reacting to how terrible these heartbeat bills are. And he's a conservative. We can talk more about that and who he is if you want to. Uh, And that they are way out of the mainstream. And he goes into the canard of uh, rape and incest protection as if that's anywhere close to the majority of abortions. It is no, guy's not pro-life. Guy's no. a Republican. Uh, but this is what, but he's, he's interested in writing legislation yeah. you, that fits my, into the Republican my paradigm. My point is, yeah. to the if this is the turning of the tide, there are legions of him that sure, we have to plow through. But there was that, that was, it See, was that way with slavery. Yeah, it's I've been done, that way with I, every other injustice you, you that's, are, been the, that's been the you case. You are, of course, right. I'm, sim- I'm simply Todd, saying... I completely, completely agree with that. And there, by the way, the reason that, why... The, the, the kinds of people you're talking about are often the reason That's, why the turning after the turning of the tide it takes years after yes, that yeah. to yeah, win so. because they end up playing the role of the of the E.G. Marshall character in the Ten Commandments move, movie all the way to the very end yes. and, until the end. I don't disagree so, with you uh, unless at you all. unless we think we're just you know picking on guy. I mean he he is legion like yeah, Todd he is said. legion. He's yeah. just maybe a little bit more honest about it than most people because most people will say, yes, uh, life begins at conception. Da, 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 the and then there'll set. be the unnamed then, sources on political yeah. blast. And yeah, my point yeah. being there, there will not simply be an era of good feelings where like with um, wonder woman, suddenly people put down their arms because Ares has been killed. Love that movie, but it, it you will have to beat them. Well, you know, look at the, brutally. the look at the decision that inspired uh, Abraham Lincoln to defy the court, Dred Scott. We lost that decision. Mm-hmm. They looked at the. They looked at a man colored black and just said, "You're. We don't care. You look like a human. Talk like a human. Think like a human. Emote like a human. You have all the characteristics of a human. We don't care. We just want to be able to treat you uh, as less than human." Same arguments we're hearing today. But the getting them to brazenly say that was a galvanizing moment for the abolitionist movement. You know. So, but you are correct. Your caution is correct. And, you know, we used to have a saying on our show, um, you know, if you're part of the problem, um, uh, you know, and, and, and or if you're a part, if you're not the, the solution, you're part of the problem. Uh, we don't want you to get out of the way. Stay right where you are so we can run over you on the way to the solution. Remember, we used to talk, we used to mm-hmm. say that on our show. And yeah, we're going to have to run over a lot of those kinds of people on the way. Yeah. They will be they will be the people that will do more damage to us because because they're going to get in the way of the other side saying all those rape 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 and incest arguments are all fake arguments. We just want to kill kids. We just want to kill kids. And so it'll be the guy Benson's of the world. You're going to have to work around. You might have to clobber him rhetorically speaking. 
Because as, as, as you've pointed out, offer them a national ban on abortion except for rape or incest. How many Democrats do you think vote for it? Zero. Absolutely negative integers. Volunteer, Not a Democrat in America. Volunteer to get, uh, you know, enforced vasectomies uh, in exchange for outlying uh, abortion. Yep. Yep. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. These are all canards. These are all canards. So, yes, that's a good warning, Todd. Absolutely. Hey, if you are struggling with bursts of productivity uh, throughout the course of the day or a lack thereof, uh, before you uh, go to that little pill full of chemicals that you probably can't pronounce that you bought at the same place your car gets refueled and you're a human being and not a car, uh, before you make decisions like that, check out an outstanding new trailblazing product from the team at top physicians a team of top physicians at Brickhouse Nutrition it's called Dawn to Dusk it stimulates more than your heart but also your brain and your cells it provides clean energy focus and improved mood for up to 10 hours and with no jitters no afternoon crash and listen to this now no calories and no sugar uh, so if if you want to give this product a try here's all you need to do that's called From Dawn to Dusk. Go to BrickHouseSteve.com. That's the website. BrickHouseSteve.com. Use promo code Steve when you go. They'll give you 15% off of your first order. From Dawn to Dusk. From BrickHouseSteve.com. BrickHouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve. One more postscript on, on your warning. One of the reasons why it, that we, one of the reasons why these are the kinds of people that you're describing that when the tide turns, it takes so long to then win the game is because we tolerate them right. for far too long. Yes. We tolerate them for far too long. We're the football coach that, hey, you jumped off sides once, mental error. Two, three times, I'm yanking your sorry keister and putting your back up in. You're, you're getting in our way of winning the game. See, we put up with these people and we allow them to metastasize. So... Again, that's 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 the problem that every reform movement, though, all throughout human history has had. More in a moment. All right, back here, live and on demand on The Blaze. You know, we've been talking all too often lately about attempts by leftists to censor free speech. We, uh, Aaron had the story in the montage about what the Canadian film industry did to the movie Unplanned up there. We see the stories every day uh, about Twitter bans and the like. Uh, pretty much these days, the number one difference between individual companies uh, is, is how they spend your money. Uh, when you spend it with them. And it's almost impossible to go without a mobile phone these days. So if you want to go with a mobile phone company that will support causes you believe in and not uh, leftist uh, spirit of the age progressive ones, you want to check out Patriot Mobile. It's uh, veteran-led. It's America's only conservative cell phone company. Uh, and uh, they take their your the profits that you pay to them and turn around and fight for your freedom with some of those profits. Support organizations like PragerU, Alliance Defending Freedom, and more. And with plans and starting as low as $25 a month. Why wait? Uh, if you want to make the switch, call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Use the code BLAZE when you call in and they'll waive your activation fee or you can just go to the website, all right? Bla PatriotMobile.com slash blaze. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze and they'll waive your activation fee there too. All right, let's get to inside politics with our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz, good to see you, brother. How are you? Great to be with you, Steve. Good to be back. 
So Daniel, today, um, I had a little birdie share with me some results of a focus group that was done in Sioux City, Iowa last week with 11 uh, self-described swing voters. And, you know, these are these 11 voters uh, all represent the depending on your survey. I've seen the estimate anywhere from three and a half million to six million of voters who voted for Obama in 2012 or twice in 2008, too, and then turned around and voted for Donald Trump. All right. So these are 11 voters in Sioux City, Iowa, Iowa considered a swing state that voted for Obama in 2012 and then voted for Trump in 2016. And I I sent you the full report that they uh, issued uh, to their people yesterday. I want to share some of the top line conclusions with our audience. There's nine of them. And I want to have you just give us like a quick hitter analysis reaction to these nine points. All right. As an analyst, are you ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Here's, here's the, uh, here's the, here's the first point. Sioux city swing voters said the Mueller report and related actions on Capitol Hill are a low priority for them and a distraction for Congress. Your thoughts. So the obvious uh, takeaway from that, from most people on our side, will say Democrats are on perilous ground to run on things like Mueller and the and the you know so-called corruption scandals, and that might be true. But it's also true that Republicans are squandering their opportunities, and I would include conservative media, to win the election and focus on what people care about by spending all this time defending against Mueller. Um, by highlighting people like Lindsey Graham for being strong on Mueller, but screwing us on on Gramnesty and the issues people care about, uh, you know, they're just squandering opportunities. So I think this tells us exactly what we need to know: that most Americans don't spend all day on Twitter. And I think you could appeal to their sensibilities on on common sense issues. Second top line takeaway from this report that I want you to react to. Some recent liberal proposals and I'm, by the way I'm using the exact wording of the of the of the report. I'm not editing here. I literally cut and paste their wording so that I wouldn't editorialize here whatsoever. Some recent liberal proposals resonated with Sioux City swing voters such as canceling student loan debt. Uh-huh. Uh, or making corporations pay for infrastructure projects, but major liberal proposals were largely unfamiliar to them. This is very simple. Most Americans, I think, you know, still the 50-yard line in American politics, they don't want what the Democrats are selling. But now it's very clear most people don't have a consistent philosophy, nor do people understand politics, the economy, or political economy, and they don't understand the cause and effect of things. If you don't have an opposing view giving people a vision on anything, so naturally they're going to take a look at certain broken parts of our economy, policies, political system, and say that's a problem. And superficially, if the Democrats speak to that, it will resonate with them. What Republicans always fail to do is tell them, yes, the the education cartel is broken. The healthcare cartel is broken. Here's who caused it, and here's what we're going to do about it. Instead, they agree to the left's premise. So again, it doesn't surprise me that people will focus. They won't hone in on policies. They'll focus on the results of certain things. Whoever wins that issue is the one who best describes who caused it and who's going to solve it. All right. The third top line conclusion of this uh, focus group. None of the Democratic presidential candidates excites. Again, I am not editorializing. These are the exact quotes. None of the Democratic presidential candidates excites these swing voters. Biden, Sanders, and Warren are the most recognizable Democrats. Most others are unknown. 
you know, like we spoke about last week, I think Biden might be viewed as the least wacko or risky. By the way, he we had be- some video of him in Aaron's montage today. Did he has he aged 10 years in, in the last three weeks? What in the world's happened to him? Yeah, no, I mean, and that that feeds into it. Um, his age might help him in the sense, especially with an Iowa swing voter, he would be viewed as less crazy um, or perceived as less crazy. But at the same time, it sure as heck is not going to jazz anyone up. So I think that's a no brainer to me. Um, but I will say this election was never going to be about that. It, it's about whether Trump has reached critical mass with those voters in particular mm-hmm. to turn them off or not. I don't think it matters whether they're excited about their candidate. It's whether the candidate is palatable enough and they're ticked off enough with Trump. Among the group of middle-aged Democratic senators running for president, Cory Booker was best received by swing voters. I, I nearly swallowed my tongue when I read that. All I could tell you is they obviously don't uh, know about Now the audience knows for sure I didn't editorialize these top-line comments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I sorry, mean, Daniel, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I could just say, obviously, they didn't, uh, they weren't apprised of his um, extracurricular activities. So I think if that were to come out, um, those, those voters would think differently. Uh, but I, I mean, I would never have guessed that. But once you show that to me, I could picture that if you would only listen to audio of him and not see him, in action as Spartacus or know anything about him. He does have a way of talking that sounds reasonable. So maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. Okay. His campaign video. I said at the time it was good. It was good. Uh, it's just whenever he does something uh, on his own unscripted, it's bad. It's bad. Um, the next top line conclusion, the most important issues to Sioux city swing voters are the economy, healthcare, illegal immigration, education, and the environment. These swing voters have little appetite for the Trump administration's efforts to invalidate Obamacare. These swing voters agree the weather is getting weirder, but aren't totally sold on climate change. This is, in a, in a nutshell, why I do what I do. If I felt we were lost as a nation, I wouldn't care. I'd be at peace. The reason why I'm not at peace is because I think we're at the cusp. I think people are suspicious enough of what the left is doing, even where there's unanimity, like climate change unanimity of opinion on i mean anywhere you turn that's going to be taken as as newton's laws of physics but nonetheless people are people are at least skeptical of it but you got to have a movement driving the message home same thing with obamacare republicans lost their opportunity on that republicans made it made it um popular again but this is why many of us like chip roy as well it's it's no longer about obamacare it's about the healthcare system in general nobody likes it Nobody likes it. Rail against the status quo. Don't own it. But Republicans are owning it. Hmm. Next top line point from this uh, swing voter focus group a week ago here in Iowa. These swing voters feel fairly strongly that the economy has gotten better since Donald Trump became president. More than half would say it is, quote, booming. I think while there definitely is a bias of negativity in the media nowadays, if it if it bleeds, it leads. Um, so it's going to take longer for people to accept a positive economy, even after it already is positive. But all the indications are so positive that it's obvious the media can't talk that down anymore. But I think, as, as you and I have said before, I think if Republicans and Trump don't do a good enough job articulating some of those other issues, 
I don't know if that matters anymore because people vote their values. Hmm. Two more of these I want to, to get your reaction to. Despite a belief that capitalism has caused an increased wage gap, socialism is a non-starter for most of these swing voters. This is the sequel to one of the, your earlier uh, points that you, you flashed before mm-hmm. in that voters seem to agree with us that they're too far to the left, but they've been taken in by some of the talking points. Again, the reason is because we already have 80% socialism, but the socialism is blamed on the capitalism. Right. Um, healthcare is the perfect example. It's divide and conquer, slash and burn. What they you're describing is what happened the previous generation that some of us on this uh, show right now are, and many in our audience are old enough to remember where tax cuts that spurred the greatest post-World uh, War II economic boom in Western civilization. Uh, and then George H.W. Bush ran in 1980. He's going to be kinder and gentler than uh, Reagan, but he was going to read my lips, raise, no new taxes. Then he gave us the biggest tax increase of all time, which opened the door for Bill Clinton to run on the fallacy of trickle-down economics. We're watching this exact same history repeat itself is what I hear you saying. De- Republicans will not defend their core def- principles and talking points, which just plays right into the Democrats' uh, demagoguery hands. That's what you're saying, right? But, but even more so, they own non-capitalism as their own. So in other words, nobody wants socialized medicine. But what few realize, but everyone hates the status quo and they want help. It's too expensive. It's a dumpster fire. They want help. No one's articulating that this is not capitalism. Right. It's venture socialism. It's, or it's so cronyism, it's venture socialism. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's that halfway that I think because people don't want socialism like Europe, we have that opportunity if we explain to them that what they don't like now is part and parcel of that. Well, and our audience will say, why can't we get Republicans to it's not to get this? It's not that they don't get this. You have to understand they're most of them are byproducts of the corporatist cronyist uh, status quo, and they're simply we don't have as you like to say we have no party that represents us where this is concerned. And Trump tied into this with his right of center populism, and that's why he found such an audience for it because there's a lot of people out there that recognize neither one of these political parties really has my best interest at heart, and so I'm really just voting for the one that will do me the least amount of uh, frontal damage at this point. No, I mean that, that that's exactly the point, and uh, I it, it just confirms it confirms my long-standing desire to have a new party right. that won't just be conservative but i think if you articulate it properly together with the fact that democrats are just off the deep end i mean we understand we need to fine-tune our message we at least understand that they don't i think there's tremendous opportunity here final top line conclusion from these uh this focus group of these 11 swing voters who voted for obama in 2012 and then trump in 2016 given the choice these swing voters would vote for president trump again over both hillary clinton and former president obama based on everything we've said it doesn't surprise me that between the two because they don't want socialism because they're not excited by these candidates and they recognize they're crazy and also there is a bias towards the status quo. You're always scared of the unknown. I think that does help Trump. But with that said, I think they could be doing a better job getting – let's just say these voters are maybe the saner half of the swing voters. There's swing voters that let's say are affected a little bit more or infected mm-hmm. with some of the um, brainwashing from the media. 
you need to work a little better because frankly, I don't know if this is enough. You need to reach pretty deep into that pool um, based on the demographics now to win. So I'm going to give you the floor here. Your your final takeaway advice, wherever you want to take the conversation to conclude uh, these data points from this focus group of swing voters in, in 2020. It would, it, it would be to spend the next year and a half focusing an agenda and forcing Ditch McConnell to take votes in the Senate on issues that speak to this wedge, that accentuate what the left is doing on socialism, on open borders, on all this stuff, sanctuaries, crime, expose it. What I, did, what I can't relate to, both with the Trump administration and the Republican Senate, we, we get that we're, we're just winning elections to win elections, right? We're, we're just giving advice how to win elections. But there's no purpose to actually implementing anything. Right. And they're not going to – I get that. So everything's messaging. So if you're going to message, at least message on issues that you could convert. This is what I don't understand. It's like Jared Kushner is working on this catch-all immigration thing that kind of got better over time. But it's like what are you doing? Speak to the issues. Put sanctuary legislation on the floor tomorrow. Everyone hates those things. I mean that that's what I just don't understand. Uh, slam them with late-term abortion bills, things like that. Make it about that because what you see from this polling is if you merely confirm for the people what they are scared about the Democrats with, mm-hmm. they'll go with the status quo, especially with the economy, you know, especially recognizing that, that, that the economy is booming. Great stuff, Daniel. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for joining us again this week here on Blaze TV. See you later. If you are in the real estate market here this spring or summer, let me introduce you to a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates a few years ago called Real Estate Agents I Trust. They too were tired of uh, tough talking and big talking real estate agents who then didn't deliver the results that were promised when they were called upon at the time. And uh, they learned uh, through that pain that there are three characteristics of a quality agent. One, uh, that the agent has a track record of successfully navigating a complicated real estate process. Two, that uh, the agent understands data is important, but you got to look beyond the algorithms, spare no details, look at individual sales. Is there a reason why there's an outlier in your neighborhood that may or may not determine the market for your home? And then thirdly, uh, is this person trustworthy? Do you get along with them? I mean, you're going to be working really closely with this agent. Uh, you may need to make last minute demands of each other several times throughout the process. Just a lot of that has a better chance of being successful. We are relational beings after all, if it's somebody that you can trust and get along with. So if you're looking for an agent that you can trust, visit the website. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you need to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Todd and Aaron, your thoughts on our conversation here a few for the last few minutes with Daniel Horowitz. Well, when I first read that list, man, I mean that's that's a schizophrenic country, and I give <laughs> I give you credit for trying to uh, glean some um, connect the dots uh, from it. But man, I mean, we just aren't a people. We we don't have a citizenry. We do not mm. have a people that can govern. A republic that you you can't that's not sanity what we just talked about well todd you know i wrote this in truth bombs go back from the florida recount election in 2000 all right so george w bush wins the presidency by 537 non-hanging chads in florida right in 2002 he is given and the republicans are given for the first time i think since post-world war ii 
uh, total control of the federal government. In 2004, he becomes the last Republican still. Uh, it's been 15 years. He's the last Republican presidential candidate to win the popular vote, and he's reelected. By 2006, there is a historic shift of seats in the House. We have Nancy Pelosi, the first female speaker. We go to 2008, Barack Obama destroys John McCain. Democrats are now given a 60, something we thought we'd never see, a filibuster-proof U.S. Senate. They're given that, right? Uh, we get to 2010. Now we have the Tea Party. The Democrats are thrown out of the House. We get to 2012. After throwing the Democrats out of the House, they reelect the Democrat President of the United States. In 2014, after reelecting the Democrat President of the United States, now Republicans had one of the biggest Senate swing elections since the two-party system, a nine-seat swing in one election uh, to take back control. And then in 2016, the guy no one thought had any chance to ever get, re to get elected president wins. The yeah. schizophrenia is not new. You know where I think it's coming from? Somebody lead. Somebody keep your yeah. promises. You know, what happens is they're pretty confident the Democrats are to keep their promises. And then they vote for them like, crap, they kept their promises. <laughs> and then they vote for Republicans. Somebody do something about the Democrats keeping their promises. But, Republicans but, like, well, promise to do something about it. Republicans never do. And we just go back and forth, back and forth. They're crying out for some leadership. Who? Well... They say they are, but then when they actually get it, see, this is why I- What think, leadership did they get that no, they've rejected? No, this is people in general, but when, when you provide leadership, then they, oh, that's ideology and you're too rigid and you're too extreme. No, ideology is a thing that helps you make sense of all this chaos and you put it in. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's not part of a, if, if you what, say you believe- What Republican was too ri so rigid in their ideology in your lifetime? No, that, that the, no, the Americans. It's see that's the thing. Let's You're continue this after the top of the hour break. I'm make not sure, talking. I'm talking okay. about something different. All right, we'll make sure you give your point fair play when we come back. And greetings back with hour two live and on demand here on the Blaze Radio, TV, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you are listening to us today via podcast, if you would mind leaving us a five star review on the podcast platform of your choice, we would be very grateful. Uh, thousands of you have done this for us already, and we are grateful to you as well. 888-933-93 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook, which doesn't like us, so like us there a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. -E. We've got Buy, Seller, Hold coming up here a little bit later on. It is also spring cleaning season. A lot of you are taking a look at the uh, conditions of your carpeting. You're like, man, I got to bite the bullet here. Maybe I, that's where that tax refund check has to go. I, I wasn't counting on that major expense. Let me give you a word of advice before you make the major purchase to replace carpeting and it will be if you want the good stuff and you got to replace the padding too right everybody's like well the carpeting's not that expensive did you look at the cost of the padding too all right then there's the labor unless you want to lay the carpet yourself okay so before you make that major uh, investment try genesis 950 uh, it, uh, it's an amazing pet stain and odor remover. It breaks down the bonds and stains and odors, uh, so that they're gone for good all the way down, uh, into the padding antibacterial, uh, it's green safe. So you can use it in your own uh, carpet cleaning machines. It's safe for your family and your pets. Heck, you can actually use this as a household cleaner. I mean, you can use it on those grease stains in the garage. You can use it on the nice uh, quartz or granite countertops that you have there uh, in, in the kitchen as well. Uh, but before you do make the major 
your investment of replacing the carpeting, give Genesis 950 a try. Here's how. Genesis950.com. That's the website. Genesis950.com. And at checkout, uh, use code Blaze and you'll get a discount. All right. You'll get a discount if you use code Blaze when you go to Genesis950.com. So we left a hanging chad at the uh, end of the last hour talking about, uh, in, in reaction to the conversation we had with Daniel Horowitz, about what could be viewed as some schizophrenic views of swing voters in Iowa who, and if you voted for Obama and then four years later voted for Donald Trump, there's some schizophrenia there, right? I mean, and, and it, it, it's largely driven by the fact you're not necessarily looking at that point for a particular ideology. You're looking for somebody that keeps their promises to put you and your interests first. And you thought Obama meant it when he promised you that. And you found out he didn't, that he was an ideologue and he was interested in promoting leftist and progressive causes. Um, even at you know the expense of a coal worker in Pennsylvania or a, a Chick-fil-A uh, store manager in Sioux City, Iowa, all right? Uh, and so you thought maybe Donald Trump would do that for you. And you were looking for that. You were looking for someone to you to 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 pursue public policy that would put your you as an everyday American, uh, your interest first. And so we looked at this survey of what these people are looking for and what they believe. And there are some schizophrenic results. And you and I, Todd, were kind of analyzing some of Daniel's comments. And you were making a point. We ran out of time. I want to give you all the time that you need yeah. here now to make that point. I know they haven't been given anything in the way of Republic, consistent Republican leadership. Mm -hmm. That is obvious. But we have to ask ourselves, why? Why is that even possible in a republic? It's because the people are so schizophrenic. They get the government they deserve over and over and over again. We would not, this would not be possible if they had not set the table uh, for that long term. Short term, yeah, things can sneak in. But long term, uh, the people must be held accountable for this more than any other entity they they uh they need to uh, the, the term i used was citizenry they aren't they are just pure id right now they want what they want when they want it it doesn't matter that they have logical fallacies internal inconsistencies it doesn't matter so there the fiends are in the gop who came to smarten up one day and realize we we can lie to them with impunity and we can, and the left can sit there uh, and still be in civilized society while believing the things that they say, because you know that's part of the that that's just their opinion, man. Uh, it we are so fundamentally broke. I, I just I, I just had to tell you that was my Rorschach test when I saw that. I was like, dear God, sir, uh, revival or bust. That you you can't you can't square that circle. You can't make sense of it in a way that the republic can go on indefinitely. It's cancer. I totally if, agree with you. If I could interject sure. as well. And we talked about this during the break, and you described the uh, the silly circle of uh, of what – we didn't call it a silly circle. I call it a silly circle because it is a silly circle of of these cycles that, um, that we've gone through over the last um, uh, 10 plus years, almost 15 years now. We're in – 2006, um, the unpopular Iraq war, uh, you know, Obama cleans the table in 2000, uh, John McCain's table in 2008, uh, Republicans in the Tea Party clean the clocks of the Democrats in 2010, 2012, uh, they turn right around and elect uh, Obama to a second term, 2014, biggest Senate swing in history, I think, or something like that, 2016, it's Donald, this just back and forth and back and forth. 
and that's true but that is the that is the that it's the climate that's the forecast we're just making an observation todd just explained the why though the cause mm-hmm. of that silly circle and it's because we don't have eyes to see if if people in mass if we if we had eyes to see we would see the cycle and we would stand up and do something about it but I think Todd's Todd is just giving you the reason why. The reason why the wind is blowing the way it is is because X, Y, and Z. Um, I think the, the observation that you made during the break and kind of towards the end of last hour is just this is the way the wind is blowing and it has been blowing for the last 10 years. Todd just, I think, just explained the why. Sure. I also, though, think people are to some extent trapped. Um, you're, dealing with, you're dealing with a government that is largely motivated in one on one political party you one political party is is largely driven by satisfying its ideological interests and the other party political party is largely satisfied by or largely driven by satisfying its um, vested interests and what happens to a lot of Americans is if you aren't if you don't align with the ideological interest of the Democratic Party you may want more government than most of the hosts or every single one of the hosts here at the Blaze TV wants, but you're not a communist either. You know, you didn't cheer for Warren Beatty and Reg. You didn't find him a sympathetic figure, right? You know, you know, you don't think uh, you know Chavez just needed more time in Venezuela, and you didn't take your your wife to you know Moscow with the Soviet Union in the death clutches of history for you know a honeymoon. Um, here's here, let me finish here, this point that, though. That's, okay, I thought that was a but. You, the problem is you also, though, make $46,000 a year. You make $65,000 a year. That is an excellent living by most of the world's standards. And you can live fairly well in America on that. You can live a middle-class life on that. But you also, though, now you don't have any of the resources necessary to compete with the vested interests that, are, that drive the opposition to the Marxist party. Meaning you, you, can't, you can't send a check to your congressman your Republican senator, your Republican governor. You can't send them a check that would get them to reconsider that your position. You, 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 you and a collective of people like you couldn't come up, couldn't come up with enough money. You, you nationally couldn't do it. You nationally couldn't do it. I mean, Carl Rove literally just flushed $400 million down a toilet for Mitt Romney in one super PAC in 2012. So people like you collectively around the, even though you outnumber in terms of sheer volume, you outnumber the, the populate, the total population of the vested interests that can, that control what is, what drives the Republican party on a daily basis. You way outnumber them in population. You can't come close to competing with the resources that they're motivated by. So you have no voice and you would like to feel like, you know what? I'm just going to sit this out. There's no point in voting in these elections. The same thing happens anyway. And I've done that. I've, I've plenty of times over the years. I've, 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 I've had ballots with plenty of empty slots. If, I, if, if, if you didn't morally affirm me to me that you are worth my vote, I don't care. I'm not voting for you because I'm going to get the same thing. Because for many years, that was true. Like, it's hilarious to watch people going after Mitt Romney, like what he did yesterday to the judicial appointment, because he said something disparaging about Obama. It's many of the same. I just want, you know what? I I want you to know, by the way, I'm keeping track. Because many of y'all that are losing your bowels right now about Mitt Romney, 
you told me that uh, I should be banished from the conservative movement. Uh, I should be taken off Salem radio. Um, I'm a terrible human being and I hate America because I didn't want to vote for Obama light four years ago. Okay. Or, in, or eight years or whatever the hell it was. Okay. So that's a screw you. And I prayed about it and I feel real good about where I'm at right now. Okay. The guy's the guy was the same thing. He was this guy twelve years in 2012 when you said he's gonna save America, even though he won't even eat a freaking chicken sandwich. Okay, that's that's what you're complaining about, and I'm totally with you on that. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, we are now in the position that they are further, way further to the left of Obama, and you can even see it in the style they communicate. Obama would have never said. I won't do an interview on Fox News because it's a hate-for-profit racket. He would have never said that. That's, that's Tuesday now. He would have said it in different words, but he would have, not he would have, overtly He might have thought it. it. Yeah. He would have said, hey, it's a clearly partisan outfit. That's why I'm not talking to them. But to just verbalize that level of toxin, he'd have never done it. That's why he got elected twice, because he was smarter than that. Now the other side hates us so much, though, that they don't even care. Because they want to end whatever is left of our way of life. And they're letting it be known at every syllable, at every act. We just said it. We just said 40 minutes ago, if we offered them a nationwide ban on abortion, except for cases of rape, incest, and I'll even throw in life of the mother, which literally never happens. There's literally never a reason to kill a kid to save a mom. Once you remove the kid, why kill it? Right. I mean, it's, it's a stupid argument, but we'll even throw that in. How many of them would vote for it? Well, you know, this is my None. argument. None. I've so, been making this for years. There's a lot. Now Now I find myself in the position where I feel like I just got to throw these useless, disdainful Republicans, 90% of them I hate with the heat of a thousand suns, with, 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 this, with, the, with the temperature of the ninth freaking wing of, ring of hell. I hate their guts because I hate liars. And I hate frauds. But I kind of feel like now... For my own protection, I just need to throw as many of them up on the front lines to get shot and bombed first and napalmed first, you know, so I can sit back here and still try to live some form of Americana. This is the trap that a lot of people believe, even sober-minded people. I think I'm fairly sober-minded. I think I'm pretty clear-eyed. I'm not, you know, the Oracle of Delphi, but I'm not a moron either. I feel trapped by this. I feel trapped by the very trap I refuse to enter into and have spent my career arguing about. And now I feel trapped by it because they're communists. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I keep looking for ways. Well, maybe I can overlook how much I hate Ditch McConnell on a visceral human level. And if he was on fire on the side of the road, I'd spew kerosene and, and, and spare no urine and drive by. But I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, they want to end me. Yeah. They want to end my kids. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that I am afforded anymore the luxury of my disdain for these lying frauds when, they're, when, the, when the orcs are coming out of Mordor. This is where a lot of us are, regardless of whether, you know, that I do think there's another group of people, not just the people you're talking about. And I do agree with those people. I've run into them. They've, those, you know, you talked last hour about Guy Benson. Oh, well, you know, I'm pro-life too, but uh, this bill's actually pro-life, so let me oppose it. Because it means I can't go on Fox News and lie about being pro-life anymore. Because uh, you, you mean you guys are going to actually act on being pro-life? 
you to take it to its most logical conclusion. You're not going to write blogs about how bad Democrats are because they want to do partial birth abortion. You're going to actually stop this? Well, I can't have that. You're exposing the canard now. We can't do that. You know, those people have done more to try and end my career than any leftist have. Until now. There's a, there, there has been a change. And when, when you're surrounded by the mob outside of Lot's house, I don't know how much time I have to argue with the Guy Bensons of the world who loved him some Mitt Romney. I don't know, I don't know that there's anything Mitt Romney cannot have asked Guy Benson to do that he would not have done. But, but as much as I find that abhorrent, it's not really an existential, it's not nearly the immediate, clear, and present danger. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me, please tell me I'm wrong. I loved my former position where I just said, I just said to them all, uh, and the horse you rode in on. I loved life. It was so much easier then. I prefer that position. If I am misdiagnosing what the Democratic Party in America is, if I'm exaggerating it, tell me. I would prefer yeah. to go back to my previous moral high ground. I would like to have it again. You know, it's our position too. I mean, it's been our position for a long time. Uh, how how we react to it in any one moment is going to be... I, I told you I have no idea how I, I will pursue my po my politics i'll tell you i'll be wide open but i have no idea uh how i'll be voting uh tomorrow or or, or the next day because but it goes uh, now i come back to where i am uh, be, because ultimately somebody out there in mass needs to get that this isn't pro wrestling it, it, i know it's not it, it you didn't win just because the red came up on top over the blue in any one election. And then you went off with your life and did nothing. Mm -hmm. That's the point you just got done making. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, the, of course, uh, there's more people. Uh, they feel trapped, even though they know there's more of them. Uh, uh, and part of the reason they feel trapped is there's so few, there's not that many of Mitch McConnell, but they seem to have so much power. But more than those two groups, too, are the people that default on their citizenry on every level. If you, if you are a genuine American citizen, set aside the, 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 the politics of today are just an utter abortion compared to what the founding fathers attended it this this is an impossibility we are living in an impossibility in terms of the founding of the american republic we have forfeited it if we ever get it back another revolution of some type will be fine it's not the horse has left the barn and the barn has been knocked down by a tornado and then let lit on fire and it's <laughs> you can't see the barn there's no barn the horses are all gone this is I. We're staring I, at a crater, wondering how the horses get out. And I see, I see it in my daily life in ways we don't talk about. That, we're, but we're and it's not, you're not talking about politics. It's not politics overtly are not happening, but the stuff behind why we are so broken. I see it every every day. People cannot be bothered by the things that mattered, and oh, are they bothered by the things that don't? Mm. We are infantile. We are insane, 
and we deserve this. And see, that's where I get, I, I toggle back and forth between needing to do exactly, and you know we do. We talk about this. On, this isn't like Hold the first up, guys. Time. You won't believe what Ocasio-Cortez just said. Yeah. So I'm at, yes, stop them at all costs. Or, I did it for you, Aaron. <laughs> I, I was, know you were waiting to pounce. No, I was. I was. I was waiting for the opportune moment. <laughs> but some maybe as, as scary as withholding that vote uh, to stop the the progressive locust is uh, at some point don't we just say lord we will take the we'll take the risk and i know it might be ugly but that we i i i'm not going to pretend that i can control this any longer by voting sure. for them sure and that's exactly why i uh, i can't speak for everybody else but on our show we advocate leaving uh extra room for the principle that mercy triumphs over judgment we believe in extra comfort. Uh, you know, this is extra comfort seating, extra leg room here on this show for grace in this area because of what you just done. Because everything that you just said is every about what is going to be the real outcome. You can't get away with the fact you're rewarding Republicans. They are the they are mm -hmm. the reward for for what people like me are thinking. You can't get away from that, and so. There's, there's no denying, because we've seen years before Trump ever arrived, we have seen what the outcome of that's going to be. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We know that. Right? That's every bit as true as, as my, my diagnosis of where the Democratic Party has gone is every bit as true mm -hmm. as well. And that's why I think you need to leave a lot of room for grace and conscience here, conscience here because you are in, uh, um, we're in the soup here. You know, that's soup ever. That, yes, that's 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 where we are. Buy, sell, or hold. Brought to you by our friends at Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans uh, suffering, living through chronic pain, and you think there's just no way out, uh, let me suggest uh, to you that there there is some hope. So many of us here at the Blaze have had positive results with. Uh, using Relief Factor. I am uh, one of the latest success stories. In fact, I was in a panic when I got home yesterday and realized that uh, today is my last day of dosage. So I went quickly back uh, to our uh, to our rep and I'm like, hey man. <laughs> Gots to get me some. I know. I, I'm not saying it was like Chris Rock in New Jack City, all right? You got any more of that? Yeah. But I'll just say it was suddenly felt a little, a little more desperate. Poured in my hand for a dime. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm a big believer, man. I mean, this stuff has really worked. I, I I was skeptical. That's why I didn't say anything about how my own thing was going for a good couple of weeks until I actually saw uh, some of the improvement. Now, this is about dealing with inflammation. You have an injury, you got to go to get that treated, okay? But this is by physicians, a, a drug-free solution to inflammation. That's what's causing your chronic pain, uh, too much inflammation in areas. You want to win the battle against inflammation, give the three-week starter kit a try. It's just 20 bucks, a dollar a day. That's all it will cost you. You've got nothing to lose. Four key natural ingredients that help your body win the fight against inflammation. If you want to give this a shot for three weeks, they offer this because so many people, they do it for three weeks. I love the results and end up sticking around. Uh, just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Com. Aaron, it is time for Buy, Sell, or Hold. Uh, you'll throw out a series of statements, mainly from the audience. Todd, you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Once per episode, we are permitted to hold. But if it's for any reason other than this is too lame uh, to dignify with an answer, uh, you will be pummeled, according to the dude code. 
All right, we'll start off with uh, Constantinus Rhoditis, sponsored, uh, sponsors but does not fund this uh, segment on the show. He says a Democrat presidential candidate will have a transgender illegal alien as their press ca- uh, campaign press secretary. Bye. I mean, we already have an illegal alien or the child of an illegal alien. I can't remember. Is she the illegal alien or is she a dreamer who was brought here as a kid? But isn't that Bernie Sanders' press secretary? Probably. And then didn't she get busted, actually? I thought she then got busted for something. We'll have to look that up during yeah. the break. I, I I seem to recall, you know, they he threw her out there as you know her uh, his uh, intersectionality ghetto pass, and then something with her came up afterwards, uh, some controversy. And if I'm wrong, I will correct it and apologize. But I mean, I I don't I, I don't know what craziness you could suggest yep. at this point that of where they will go in the immediate future that I sadly I sadly would not buy. At this point, so you know that video you played earlier of Beto in your montage. Mm-hmm. This just shows you how pathetic they are. They they've all collapsed now, heading, and they've got it. They've got to figure out. You know, you got these debates coming in a month. That's not the place to establish your base. All right, you gotta you gotta figure out what your core message is and take that to the debate to find your base. You got to find your footing right now, all right? And if you look at Beto's out there trying to reboot his career and he's rebooting it using all the same Stacey Abrams talking points she's already used, Kamala Harris has already used, Cory Booker's already used, Elizabeth Warren's already used. It's like they're incapable of no other message. So if I really believe Stacey Abrams had the election stolen from her, if I really buy into that, I've got... 14 other candidates giving me that message. Why do I care that Beto work is the 15th? Like they're incapable of finding their own niche anywhere. That's why the one, there's one candidate has his own niche, Bernie Sanders, avowed socialist. And then everybody else is chasing Joe Biden. And those are the two primaries going on right now. Next is from Joe. He says, Jerusalem will build a temple within 30 years from now. Seems random. Is, it's not random. Is he tricking us to talk eschatology? What's going on? Yes. What's happening? Or Aaron. Aaron is tricking us by picking this tweet for us to respond to. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm claiming... <laughs> Given that laugh, I'm, along I'm thinking with, it's the latter. Along with right. buy, sell, or hold, on this kind of question, I get a Catholic papal dispensation to run away... <laughs> I got an email from a guy, I think it was last week. He's like, why don't you, I'm new to the show. I love the show. I love the fact you guys philosophically, theologically explore, to, explore topics, but what's your deal with not wanting to talk about eschatology? I mean, didn't the Lord say to read the signs of the times? I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the greatest, it's the greatest day of, you know, human history, right? And I wrote back to him, I'm like, you're right about everything. Unfortunately, my experience has taught me, I'm, people cannot talk about this without losing their minds. <laughs> And I gave him a few examples, and then he wrote back to me. He's like, "Yeah, I kind of see your point. Yeah, you're right." <laughs> so, so I take that as a hold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the eschatology locker is the locker that you allow to get good and dusty when the church is broken. When the church is a, 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 relatively healthy, then you might want to say, "Do we dust off the keys and have a go at this?" But when it's broken, shut your holes. Get right with the part of the church that you need to get right with. That's like. Th- 
that is graduate level stuff and most of you are playing around with it juggling I these think, grenades and yeah. you put them away I, I think the motivation though is that so pe so many people see the broken side of the church and, and think so, it's a sign that things well, are coming to a head yes but yeah. they're also I think a lot of the motivation at least from people that I know is like Lord come quickly yeah that's not a bad motivation <laughs> yeah. either you know? Well, then you don't need to know whether it's going to be a brick on your head or fire or <laughs> locust or just accept it. <sighs> you suck, McIntyre. <laughs> Are we moving on then? I, I don't. I, I, I was, I'm trying to see if I can get out of this without giving any kind of an answer. Um, uh, hold, duck. <laughs> hold. We have chocolate, vanilla. <laughs> yes, that's my answer. That is my answer. We have chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Vanessa has... I'm an assistant manager, sir. <laughs> yes. Vanessa has something that probably neither of us or none of us will know anything about. Arkansas Razorbacks, the Omahogs, will make a return trip to the College Baseball World Series and finally win it all in 2019. Hold. I... I have no idea. No frame of reference for college baseball. I, didn't, I don't know how good uh, their baseball team's doing this year. I'll pay attention when we get to Omaha. It's always a fun event to watch. Um, but they're in the SEC, and usually like, you know, 10 of those teams out of the 14 teams in the league in any given year are ranked. But um, the odds would overwhelmingly be, no matter how good they are, would be against. I mean, if you put sure. Vegas odds on it, their odds of winning it would, even if they're the number one clear number one team, would be like 12%, 14%, right? So I'll sell. Sal, got to take the field. Peter says, within five years, the last legitimate attempt we have at overturning Roe v. Wade will have failed in the U.S. Supreme Court. Feeling uh, I will, optimistic today, I'm selling. I will, I will, I will uh, buy that. Well, wait, wait, let me see the, let me re see it. So, see it again. selling means uh, the last legitimate last attempt will okay. fail. All right, yeah. I will sell. I don't. I do think we will see the initial attempt, like we did with Dred Scott. I think we will see the initial attempt fail. Okay. But I, I think the wording that they're going to have to choose to use in order to justify this is going to be so disdainful and so distorted that I, I think it will galvanize uh, the pro-life movement all the more, just as Dred Scott did. I'll take that sell. Uh, coming up after the break, by the way, we've got a list, top 15 no, Star don't. Trek, top 15 Star Trek characters. Hopefully you watched uh, 60 Minutes recently. Uh, they had the former FBI uh, head of cybercrimes on there warning homeowners that foreign and domestic thieves can steal your home. They can do it all online because that's where a lot of our mortgages are kept. That's where a lot of our home titles are kept and databases online that can be hacked. And if you've got equity in your home, that's how they get to you. And then they forge your name or their name onto your home's title. Uh, use your home as collateral to borrow against that equity. And then they stick you with the payments. Uh, there is no way to protect, use uh, identity theft protection or even your homeowner's insurance or your bank lender won't protect you from this. But for pennies a day, our friends at home, Title Lock will. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title uh, and they will act if they sense any nefarious activity. And you can find out now for free. It's called a free title scan and report. Normally, these are $100. You can find out for now, right now for free whether your home's title is in danger for the vast majority of Americans. The home we own, it will end up being the most valuable investment we'll ever have. Protect it with our friends at Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. 
Aaron will have another crap list when we come back. Back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on The Blaze and back to buy, sell, or hold, brought to you by our friends at WaxRx. If you've got those ear pain symptoms that uh, have you thinking, oh no, oh no, another trip, long wait in the doctor's office, that's a hassle, let me put it off, and then it gets worse, it gets more painful. Then there's, you know, you got to get a prescription probably uh, when they're done, you got to deal with that hassle too. And those are the little things we put off that just get really, really worse because we keep putting them off. What if you don't have to do that anymore? Uh, and that's where WaxRx comes in. They'll give you everything you get in the doctor's office, uh, but with the comfort and convenience of your own home to, be, to boot. WaxRx uses uh, physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup, then soothes the ear with the same pH condition formula, uh, just like you do at the doctor's office. And you can also now get WaxRx without a prescription. If you want to try it risk-free today, here's all you need to do. Visit the website. Use WaxRx. That is all one word. Use WaxRx.com and at checkout, use offer code radio there for free shipping. So you'll save a few bucks there on the back end as well. Offer code radio at checkout for free shipping when you go to use WaxRx.com. Aaron. All right. So this next list of the top 15 Star Trek characters, I keep saying Star Trek, Star Trek characters. Are you a Star uh, Trek guy? Yeah. I don't think I've ever even asked you that. I mean, not, not like Star Wars, but okay. I mean, I dig okay. it. All right. So I'm anyway. Big, I'm a big Star Trek guy. So anyway, this top 15 list of uh, Star Trek characters was put together by one of our listeners, uh, Todd Saffel. So this is not from the Ro- from Rolling from, Stone? Not from Rolling gonna, Stone I'm, this I'm, time. I'm banning lists from Rolling Stone magazine, henceforth. Decreed. I'm, I'm going to change my name to Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> Uh, so I have no frame of reference for this cause I've only seen one Star Trek and I can't even remember which that, which one that was. It came out between, I think 2006 and 2010, whichever one that was. Uh, I saw that one that I can't even remember. I remember being impressed, but anyway, without further ado, uh, number 15 and remember the way we do these lists, you buy, uh, if you agree with the general position of whatever it is on the list, okay. sell if you don't agree or if it so this is across lower, all lower. series. Uh, it appears to be. Okay, yeah. all movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Number 15, The Computer. I don't even know what The Computer is. It, is that, yeah, is that a, just a general computer? Like no, Jean-Luc Picard no, talks? It's, no, it's, it's a specific? A, it's, it's an episode. Yeah. It's, it's an episode of in which version of star trek i believe he's referencing the original series i believe so that's a sell <laughs> uh-oh you're on the ropes mr Saffle. i'm gonna i'm gonna undo my ban of <laughs> list from rolling stone magazine uh, uh vetoing my previous decree uh number 14 cisco who captain cisco from deep space nine. Oh, see i yeah you know i forgot that already and i used to See, I thought I used to call the show Deep Sleep Nine until Worf came on. I mean, I could not make it through an episode without falling asleep. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, boring in a way. I mean, it was, it was just kind of like hanging out at the airport. Yeah, that, 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 yes, it was, I was just going to say, you know, it reminded me of, remember the show Taxi with Danny DeVito? Yeah. Just kind of hanging out there at the depot, at the, at the taxi cab depot, you know, and just commiserating. I'm like, you know, this is Star Trek, you know. Um, who were the, uh, 
the 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 gray uh, were they? I want to say Kardashians, but that's not what they were called. I don't think. But who were the villains that they originally you don't got? Know, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Ferengi. Like I thought, the Ferengi were like the Ewoks of Star Trek. I, I I didn't like them. They bored me. You know, I didn't I I didn't care. And so when they moved Worf to that show, I thought it got a lot better. And I thought the last couple seasons of that show with him on it were really well done. But Cisco, Captain Cisco, at number fourteen. So okay, not even the best character on a show. Okay, um, Todd, do you have a buy or sell old? Okay, uh, number 13, <laughs> uh, Geenan. I have a Nadler. I don't even know what you're talking about. Geenan, G-U-I-N-E-N. Oh, Guinan, that's Whoopi Goldberg, isn't Oh, yeah, Guinan. Guinan from Star Trek The Next Generation. That's Whoopi Goldberg. No She's top 15 ever? No. No way. Okay. I mean, I mean, are you an American? <laughs> Todd, do you live in America? Uh, number 12. He's rolling stoning you. Yeah. That's what's happening. Number 12, Yahura. <laughs> Uhura. Uhura. You know, I, I just, I, I need to buy for my own Something sanity just, at this point. So, anything? you know, classic character from uh, the original series, uh, Lieutenant Uhura, uh, who, and she was in the new Star Trek movies as well, played by um, uh, Zoe Saldana. Do you know that if you look at the total amount of money now her movies have grossed, she's like the number one. Paid what, actress At, ever? Current, actress of all time. Yeah, I believe it. With all the franchises that she's been a part of Star now. Trek, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy, yeah. uh, in, you know, Avengers, yeah. So I'll buy that. All right. Uh, number 11, Seven of Nine. Oh, she's got to be higher. Seven of Nine would have been the kind of character that would have helped get me through puberty if I was a younger age when that show was on. With Jerry Ryan, and first of all, it was brilliantly written uh, as... Uh, she was a member of the Borg. She had been assimilated as a child and they, uh, the Star Trek Voyager crew figured out a way to basically reverse most of, re- mostly reverse her assimilation. And she had to learn as a, you know, 30 something year old woman, she had to learn her how to be a human being again. You know, it was, I mean, really well done. The best thing they ever did on that show was introduce that character. It took the, took the show to, which, which was always, which got off to a really good start, but it took it to a totally different level I'm going to sell. She's got to, I think she's got to be higher on the list in my view. I never, which one? She was on Voyager? Yes. Yeah, I never watched Voyager. So I'm just going to defer to you until I can argue something effectively. Okay. Voyager was a good show. Voyager, I think, stem to stern, was a better show than Deep Space Nine. Number 10 is Riker. No, number one, uh, the first officer from Star Trek, The Next Generation. Uh, also, the, uh, the, the guy who played uh, Commander Riker, uh, ended up directing really the only good movie uh, the Next Generation crew did, and it's one of the best Star Trek movies that was ever made. That's uh, First Contact. He directed that film, actually. Um, I still think Seven of Nine's a better character, so I have to sell. That's the you know when we do these. I have like a benchmark we got to get to. You know, yeah. if since this is where we're at right now, you got to you got to okay. beat that I'll benchmark. All right, Riker's not as good of a character as Seven of Nine, so sell. I will defer to you. Number nine, McCoy. Are there really eight Star Trek characters better than Bones? Really? There's eight Star Trek characters uh, yeah. better than Bones? I'm going to sell on this one because you you know this, that he's fantastic all the more when you managed in the rebooting 
to get to impersonate I, the exact yet, generations and voice inflection of DeForest and, and Kelly. It, yes. He nailed it yep. uh, with some some new energy, and it just goes to show how important that energy is to the film. So I'm I'm selling because it needs to be higher. I told you know what that's a great point. You know, for the rest of the characters, they kind of got the look. You know, it's updated and modern. But the the for the the J.J. Abrams Abrams reboot, none of the other characters so were went so meticulous in modeling every last nuance of the character as a persona than what they did with Carl Urban, uh, you know, taking over the role from DeForest Kelly. So if you're that, there's a certain transcendent status there that there's not eight Star Trek better characters, better than bones. And, and so. I, I love for the casting for everybody else, you know, just, just, does he have an it fact for, yeah, we're just looking for the one person. If you're an actor, great. You, you just need to come in here and flat out deadpan. Yes. Uh, when you say, damn DeForest it, Jim, Kelly. I'm a doctor. Yes. It's, I gotta buy that. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. Uh, number eight is Scotty. Um, I bet is Scotty a better character than Seven of Nine? Yeah, he's a more iconic character. I'll buy he's that. More iconic, yeah. yeah. I'll buy it. Sure. All right, number seven is Data. Hmm. Now we're going to start making some tougher choices here. In many respects, see, I think I I see Data as the Seven of Nine of of Voyager, in in or I mean of the Next Generation, or maybe Seven of Nine is the Data of Voyager since that show came first. But but you know. If you look at when Star Trek is at its best, it does two things. One, it abandons Gene Roddenberry's utopian uh, uh, machinations to just tell a, a really good science fiction story like Wrath of Khan, for example, or First Contact. Uh, two, there's, there's, there's a character there who is learning what it means in real time to be a human. So in the first series, it's Spock, who's half human and half Vulcan. In the next generation, it's Data. Uh, in Voyager, it's it's seven of nine, for example. So um, I'll buy that. In fact, I, I would have even bought having Data higher, actually. You know, and he's the he's the key character. Um, you know, in the uh, first Contact movie, which is the one mm-hmm. truly great movie that the Next Generation sure. crew did. Okay, so. bye. All right, so that was Data uh, number six. Worf, sell too high. I agree. Uh, you can't have him higher than S- Scott. He cannot. You can't have Worf higher than Bones, guys. Uh, no, you can't do that. And I, I, you know what? I don't think you can get beat up at a Star Trek convention. I've been to several, and I know who attends. Okay, the closest thing you can though you can get though to getting a bum rush at a Star Trek convention is to walk in and say Worf is a better character than Bones. All right? No, no, that's a. I love Worf, but it, and today is it's always today is always a good day to die. All right, I love Worf, but no, not ahead of Bones. No. Todd? Yeah, I'm with Steve on that one. Uh, number five is Q. I was wondering where he was going to rank. My great, you know, you guys know I have like this personal list as a comic book guy of villains that that I, I just cannot believe they haven't put in a movie yet. Number one is Brainiac. I cannot believe we haven't put Brainiac in a movie yet. All right. Uh, you know, Dark Side is on that list. Mysterio would have been on that list and they're going to check the box for me with the next Spider-Man movie here in a couple of months. Doctor, a real Doctor Doom is on the list. You know, there's there's just a list of villains that are so awesome. Uh, they deserve their own movie. Like when I saw that they were going to use Nightmare is rumored to be the new villain, uh, the villain in the next Doctor Strange movie. In terms of who he is as a character, he he, he has that name. He's, every, he's what you think the name means. Can you imagine what they could do with today's special effects with a character that invades 
your nightmares like that in a way. I mean, that'd be, that'll be great. Um, in terms of science fiction, number one on the list is I cannot believe Q did not get a movie. Now, when we did the thing a couple of weeks ago, favorite individual TV shows, I had number episodes, number one on my list. I had all good things by Star Trek The Next Generation. Q is the villain there. I think Q's the best villain ever introduced into the Star Trek universe. Uh, John DeLance uh, played him masterfully, perfectly written. I cannot believe they made a movie. They, they, we made a Star Trek The Next Generation movie where Kirk went up against his Romulan clone and we didn't put Q in a movie. I mean, Q brought the Borg to the Alpha Quadrant and now you're looking at me like, "How have you ever had sex? So yes, I get this. I understand. Um, I'm fine with Q being in the top five. Yeah. I might have even been fine with him being higher. I won't step on that. Number four is Kirk. Wow, three higher than Kirk. That means we've got Spock, Picard, and... Uh... This is where you try to... Uh, you do your Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, millennial avant-garde takes. Uh, hashtag Beatles suck. All right, I mean, guys... Is this Spock? But who, is, you, you, just you, for the sake of argument for a second, is it Spock... Picard and what, Khan? Who's well, there's how many spots? Three? There's three more left. Spock, Picard, and Khan, maybe. Maybe, but no. No. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll say it as strongly, considering the top three that are, are left, but I, I agree with Steve, no. All right, number three is Picard. See, no. He's not... Picard was cool. I mean, I, I we, we, no. were you dropped as a child? No. No. Uh, number two is Khan. Uh, no, too high. Too high. It's the great, it's, 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 it's probably the greatest, for my money, it's the greatest non-Star Wars science fiction film of all time is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Um, but he's too high because... You have to, I, like, I'd be fine if you want to put Khan ahead of Picard. I'd be okay with that. I've got to be talked into that. But you can't have Kirk fourth. You can't have Kirk, you can't have Kirk below Picard when you have Khan number two. Why? Because what makes Khan a great villain? It's, there's a Joker-Batman relationship between Kirk and Khan, all right? There's a, there's a dysfunctional symbiotic relationship between the two, all right? I mean, and... You you can't put something between them because they bring out the best in each other and the and the dynamic of that relationship. There is no character in Star Trek that gets ahead of that for my money. So sell. Yep. All right. Number one is Spock. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with it. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it has to be Picard. Picard. When I say Picard, Picard or Kirk. <laughs> I'm fine with Spock. I love and I love Spock growing up. You know. So I'm I'm fine with that. Being number one. And if you get number one right or reasonably right to the point that there's not an instant, you know, allergic reaction, um, then it, you know, it could be argued that your list is somewhat justified. But, you know, there are some. So there's some issues with who, some other places on the knowing list. Knowing it as you do, out of, who was not on the list anywhere that you would have thrown in there that we're not thinking of anybody? I wanted, I was waiting to see, Q would have been number one on my list. I was waiting to see if he was going to be on the list. Uh, because I, I just think that's the greatest mistake the Star Trek. Rick Berman, when he took it over from Gene Roddenberry um, in the uh, in the in in the mid '90s, the biggest mistake 
and that that he ever and really that's his him and Brandon Braga who did the Battlestar Galactica series. Q is their creation, and and he oversaw the movies for Paramount too when Gene Roddenberry uh, passed away. The biggest mistake they ever made was not giving Q a movie. See, but right? don't you think the problem was he's he was. How many times do you think he was in the series? I mean, he was recurring. Tons. Tons? They, they, he, because remember, when Voyager gets kicked, well, you don't know because he didn't watch the show. Yeah. They got kicked out to the, the Delta Quadrant. That's where they got lost. Okay? And so that's the Borg's home quadrant. They encountered the Borg all the time. Q was on Voyager all the time because so, that was because he was the one that brought the Borg. The Borg didn't know the Alpha Quadrant existed until that's where mm-hmm. maybe what most people think is the two best episodes of, of the Next Generation series is either when the reunification episode, when Spock returns to reunite Vulcan and Romulus, and then the other one is uh, the best of both worlds, when uh, Q introduces the Borg to the Alpha Quadrant and Picard is assimilated into Locutus. And again, you're asking me, have you ever had sex before? Yes. The trick is I have three kids at home, in fact, ladies. Thank you. He's so much fun. People (laughs) like him so much. You can keep believably bringing him back over and over again and do creative stuff with him. Yes. With that kind of character, yeah. to then do the Alpha and Omega story, that's hard. That yeah. is incredibly hard. I mean, I, I think maybe it's just intimidation. And, and look, if they screwed it up, look at the lament you'd be giving them. So maybe sure. they were better served by not doing it at all. No, I, I think the character is so well-defined and so well-acted they could not have screwed it up. It's their character. Um, I think they outthought themselves by not putting him in there, is what I think. Now let's talk about your views of the Justice League movie. No, we don't. Because oh, don't. <laughs> we can switch gears real quick. Well, kind of switch gears. Ben Wofford says, you must buy collectively. Every Indiana Jones movie is a better Harrison Ford performance than every Star Wars movie with Han Solo, including The Force Awakens. This has to be a one-word answer. So, Bye. Hey, imagine sailing the Mediterranean on a ship full of passengers who share your thirst for history and love of country, gourmet Italian food, great nightlife, relaxing poolside on the deck. Sounds enticing. Well, this is a trip Glenn Beck and a lot of the VIPs here at uh, The Blaze are putting together. It's a 14-day adventure next spring, sailing in the eastern Mediterranean, visiting Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Israel, and Athens and Greece to explore the roots of Western civilization. And it's called The Cruise Through History. Uh, and uh, this is no time machine required. I mean, you're not going to take you uh, to where Christ and the disciples walked as well. Uh, if you want to go on uh, this uh, on this cruise next spring with Glenn uh, and Rabbi Lappin, uh, David Barton, uh, Stu, Bill O'Reilly, uh, go to comesailaway.com. That's the website. Uh, and you can learn all of the details and see the different packages available to go on this 14-day cruise uh, next spring. Comesailaway.com. That's comesailaway.com. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? You know, um, I was just, I was impressed that you actually knew who all these people were in that 15 uh, character list because I had no idea who most of them were, as evidenced by the fact that I mispronounced half of them. So, you know. I, I read, I, I have the official Star Trek encyclopedia at home. Okay. And I read it cover to cover. Okay. So, and yes, I. I have children. So I just think that needs to be repeated. <laughs> I've been on a date. <laughs> that's well, that's great SNL skit. Have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. Mm-hmm.